Today, World Footprints will take you on a virtual discovery of the African country of Kenya, and will explore several Caribbean countries, including Haiti, Nevis, and Grenada, that have their roots in Africa. Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the multi-award-winning World Footprints Radio show that invites you to listen, learn, explore, and be inspired. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. Kenya is considered to be the cradle of civilization. Little is known about this ancient country, but Jacinta Zioka from the Kenyan Tourism Board will offer some new insights. As you drive through the country, within one or two hours, you're in a, in a territory of a, different, of a different tribe. And you will seamlessly not even realize you have, you're, you're interacting with a different tribe. All Caribbean nations are not created equally. There are historical differences, cultural differences, and unknown traditions. In our roundup of conversations, we will share a variety of unique qualities throughout the Caribbean that may inspire you to travel deeper. Go for a single-day excursion over to one of the other islands to do an eco-type adventure, a more laid-back, or if you're into something more exciting, uh, maybe historical tours of uh, plantation ruins. Enjoy today's show. We invite you to visit and connect with us at worldfootprints.com. All of our shows are archived there, but you can also find us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes. The African country of Kenya's history can be traced as far back as six million years ago. That rich history, combined with the natural offerings that make Kenya the safari epicenter of the world, makes the country an attractive tourist destination. However, Kenya remains a mystery to travelers, so Yakinta Zioka from the Kenyan Tourism Board sat down with me to uncover some of these mysteries. Why is Kenya called the heart of Africa? <laughs> Kenya is called the heart of Africa because of its location. It's at the east coast um, of, uh, of, the, of the country, where the heart principally would be if uh, you look at your body as your heart. Your heart is in the eastern part of the, of, of the towards the north and not further south. So that is um, the, 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 the location of Kenya. And it is also because it is uh, right at the equator, where the, 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 the heartbeat of the country is, where the rotation and everything happens through. So that is where we are located. That <laughs> makes it easy for those who are geographically uh, challenged. <laughs> Tourism is very important to Kenya, as it, as it is other countries. What has been your biggest challenges to tourism in Kenya? And what, are, what have been some of the biggest misperceptions that you would like to clear up? Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, thank you for calling them misperceptions, because indeed they are. Uh, the ch- biggest challenge we have is uh, the perception that... Um, about Africa, that it is unsafe to go, it is, um, you know, it's, it's not um, easy to get around, you know, how will I be able to, to, to get uh, in touch with my people back home? And on the contrary, you come down to Africa and you find an easy to get around place, it's easy to communicate back home, it's easy to enjoy with the people, and the African people are very warm and, you know, invite guests with open arms. And the perception about insecurity, because a lot of the international media focus a lot on, on the negatives 
coming out of Africa and they forget to tell our positive stories which are so so many and that is the only part of the world that has double um uh, growth in 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 the economies nowhere else so there's a lot that is happening there's a lot that is happening to us in education wise ICT wise and those positive stories never get here so we are here and 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 we want to take advantage of this platform to 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 inform listeners about you know the positives about Kenya Kenya, you made Kenya sound kind of like a, a Midwestern uh, state in in the United States, and I'm partial as a Midwesterner. I think we're all salt of the earth, very down to earth people. Kenya is very, very diverse, uh, with 42 different cultures, and I know there's different religious sects. Um, uh, my best friend is an Indian Muslim, and so with that type of diversity, how do those uh, cultures really interact with each other? And, and does, the, does this include the, the different tribes uh, in Kenya? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for that question. Actually, uh, if I could start with the tribes, we have 42 of these, mm-hmm. and they are spread across the country. As you drive through the country, within one or two hours, you're in a, in a territory of a, different, of a different tribe. And you will seamlessly not even realize you have, you're, you're interacting with a different tribe. What will make you know is different colors, how they dress. On the, You'll be able to see even the language, the food, the lifestyles are different. But on the religious side, we are also very, very diverse. 75% Christian and uh, 30% are Muslim, and then uh, Hindu, and of course there's also a section of Kenyans who are still traditional, and um, so they form the, the other 5%. So we all live in a community, you can live any, in any part of Kenya, you don't have to stay where um, your tribe is, a majority, so that interaction. Uh, the other thing is that we have a huge cosmopolitan uh, population, Kenya is um, is UN's third largest capital, so there's big presence of, um, of 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 expatriates of international communities all interacting. We go to school with the children of diplomats. We go to school with you know with, uh, with people who who have come from uh, other parts of the country. So it's easy to to interact, and we share a national language, the Swahili. So everybody in Kenya speaks that language, and of course English, which is our official language. Mm-hmm. So Kenya is, uh, I think it may be important to note, it sounds like a developed country and not a developing country. There is a distinction there, is that correct? Actually, um, within Africa, we, 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 we are not developing. Mm-hmm. Within our region, we have the strongest economy in eastern Central Africa. So the other neighbors within that region look at us as the developed country. Mm-hmm. So we, in ICT, communication, our infrastructure, education levels, restaurants, facilities, lifestyles, even hospitals, they come from the neighbors into our country. So I can say, yes, we are developed um, by those standards. And with all of the development that has gone on in the country, including with the airport, and of course you have uh, new uh, resorts, how have you maintained your fragile ecosystem with that development? Mm-hmm. The development is carefully designed and every sort of uh, physical development has to be approved by the National Environment and Management Authority. Um, environmental assessment uh, um, um, assessments are done and you don't just develop and destroy nature because we are very strong with conservation. We realize that our product is principally nature based. So we have we have all the, the, the systems in place to manage that. And then remember um, as we develop 
tourism is growing into various parts of the country. So it is not concentrated in one particular region. So we are not spoiling environment to take care of resorts. We are not spoiling our environment to take care of airports. We are actually finding opportunity where these are needed and we are developing those um, in those uh, areas. That way the Kenyans in all the parts of the country will see the benefit of uh, tourism. Mm-hmm. Now, I know uh, Kenya, I've heard Kenya has 59 national parks. Uh, and uh, I, does that include reserves, private reserves? That does not include private reserves. It's um, national parks and reserves that are managed by either central government or uh, local government. They are private reserves which we call conservancies. Uh, right now, they're in their 20s. We had our first conservancy um, in the in the 1980s, and these are neighboring people who own land near national parks and reserves. And since animals do not know borders, they cross and go into people's farms. So what we are encouraging Kenyans is don't you know fence your land right next to a park because this is migratory route for these animals so a lot of the people living around um, the, the conservation areas are nomads so a lot of times they don't they don't build permanent houses they don't grow crops so they turn their land into conservancies where Investors are welcome to build conservation um, uh, projects to be able to also build uh, ecologies and community-based properties so that also the people can benefit from the lease that, you know, they they give to these properties in terms of um, economic uh, activity. So they realize they can earn from tourism because their land would have just been bare there because it's savannah, it's a little semi-arid, they wouldn't have been uh, big farmers. So now tourism is an economic um, uh, out, uh, benefit for them. Kenya still seems to suffer from poaching problems most recently. Uh, I think you lost quite a bit of rhinos recently. What initiatives is the country putting in place to combat that crime? Right now, as we speak, the rhino as an endangered species has, I mean, every rhino is followed in Kenya. The, the, the rangers know, um, by, the, the, by the, they, they track where these animals are. And I remember, Tanya, that it's, it's, a, it's a communal prob- a problem for all of us, an international community, you know, calling upon everybody to, to support us in our anti-poaching efforts because we have aggressive um, uh, programs uh, to, 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 to fight against poaching. It is illegal to, 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 to even have or to be found with any piece of uh, wildlife, um, um, be it ivory, be it skin, be it you know, hide or whatever it is. So this, this, these are things that may not be uh, coming out because the Kenyans want to do that, but because of influence from, from, from neighbors. But the other thing is also that the fact that we have involved the locals in conservation and they can see what they are benefiting from making sure that that elephant is protected because at the end of the quarter, they will get some money because they own part of the conservancy. They will not want to, they will not be, you know, swindled to kill it for ivory because of little money. They look at it as a long-term investment to protect the wildlife so that they can continue earning from it. So that way, even human-wildlife conflict has gone down and we are seeing communities embracing conservation a lot. As a local yourself, what do you love most about Kenya and what do you experience? uh, Or where do you go in Kenya? (laughs) 
<laughs> I um, where I go is uh, a lot of times um, dictated by the children. <laughs> <laughs> <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are young and they love the beach, so we love the beach a lot. But we also love going to the villages. We, grew, my kids are growing up in Nairobi, which is a cosmopolitan city. They are, they are going to school with you know kids from all over the world. So we, they find it so exciting just to spend a weekend in in a, in, a, in a, an ecology or a cultural camp that is very basic that does not have bathtubs that does not have TVs that does not you know where we are seated you know in a bonfire and we you know the old Maasai men are telling us stories and you know they are teaching my kids how to you know identify a bird how to identify you know the animals how to you know count in the local you know language they love that and and we enjoy it and for us it's it's time to to connect back you know to nature in Kenya once you go out spend a night out in the wilderness i tell you you feel like it's been a week you really relax it's 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 that authentic and and that is what we love because we live in the city and you know with busy lives you just want to go back and don't don't to forget nature <laughs> to 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 go through a digital detox yes, we call it yes. here no cell phones <laughs> that's the right one i didn't know it existed <laughs> what does kenya have to offer that's different from other african countries why would you tell somebody to visit kenya you know africa is so diverse um, I would want to appeal to, to listeners to look at Africa and the way you look at um, America. <laughs> America has many countries. It has Southern, it has Northern. And all the countries in Africa are different. And the diversity of, 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 the, of the people and the landscapes is, is totally different. Kenya is one of the countries... Actually, I can say the only country that has greatest diversity. You can count the number of countries in the world that have both authentic wildlife experiences and fantastic beach resorts. You can count. You can count countries in the world that have mountains, snow-capped mountains as high as 6,000 meters above sea level, and yet they have beaches and savannas. You can count the number of countries that have great rift valley, we, we are the cradle of humankind. The oldest full human body skeleton was discovered in Kenya. And you owe it to nature, to humankind, to visit Kenya one time before you die. So it is just those unique things and, and, and the fact that we are home of the original safari. Safari is a Swahili word from Kenya. It means journey. For me, if I'm going to the market, I'm going for to a safari. It's a safari to the market. <laughs> so it's a journey. So anything you do in Kenya, it's a, it's a safari because of the diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even going on one game drive today, morning, evening, and the following day, you will see different things. It's natural. That is, that is a uniqueness about Kenya. <laughs> going to the market here in D.C. on a snow day when there's only a half an inch of snow is a, is a very adventurous safari. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, as a scuba diver myself, a water baby, wow. I love the, the fact that you have 300 miles of coastline. And yeah. I love even more that you have the, the reef, yes, yeah. uh, the, that uh, the reef reserve, yeah. and that there are no sharks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So my question, though, however, is, yes. is scuba diving a, a popular sport in Kenya? 
scuba diving is is a popular sport in Kenya for those who have who have mastered it for those who know about it we find that a lot of guests uh, who come to Kenya first of all just enjoy being on a white sandy beach you know warm water all year round serene you know um, spaces and all but the, the consumer is changing. People are becoming more health conscious, more adventurous, and they want to go in there and 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 and, and have an adventure. So it is it is it is it is a niche in Kenya. It is not even offered by all the tour operators. It is one of the niche segments that we are focusing on to promote Kenya as a high value destination because of this special interest. Because we have the product for it, and we are promoting and and sending the word out there that we we have this uh, fantastic um, um, uh, product. Well, you know, there's a couple of other very unique sports I learned about today. It sounds like you brought a little bit of Spain to Kenya with bullfighting. And I want to ask, how on earth did uh, <laughs> did you develop bullfighting as a sport in, in Kenya? <laughs> you know, this is, is done just by one tribe. Out of the 42, one tribe. Not even my tribe. I, so, so this is something that these guys grew with from the you know from the great grandparents you know what why they do their bullfighting you bring your biggest bull you register it you know it's a community thing so the chief is involved Mm -hmm. and everybody takes care of their bull you know waiting for the day that Mm -hmm. they are going to be fighting and the, 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 the bull that wins the owner is elected as the chief in the next year so you're a leader. You can take care of such an animal, then you can surely take care of the entire village. <laughs> you're a strong man. And, and what, what tribe is this? This tribe is called Luya tribe. It's, it's the biggest tribe in the western part of Kenya. Okay. Yeah. No, what, uh, northwest? Western part of Kenya. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what about uh, rhino charging? What what type of sport is is this? Are, because rhinos are very dangerous animals. <laughs> it's just the name. It's not for, for, for rhinos, but it is the cause. It is done. It's a sport that is um, uh, you do uh, like a rally on really really challenging terrain. You know. Out there, you know, in the in the bushes, and you know, you use those cars that your wheels are as high as you know in people, and they do the. It's it's a fun thing to do. It's an adventurous sport to do, and the cause for this because a lot of corporates sponsor it. All that money goes into conservation of rhinos. Is that uh, is that an event then the public can uh, can register yes. to participate? Kenyans participate. Corporates participate. So we sponsor a car. And we, we, we sponsor a driver. Kenyans come in with their, you know, vintage cars that can, you know, with, with, um, survive in such terrain. And you're up there, you're enjoying yourself. It's, it's once in a year. And, and it, it is not just the driving. There's also camping. There's also fun activities in the evening. So it's a fantastic way of telling Kenyans, let's conserve the rhino. But, you know, find an adventure thing that nobody else is doing. <laughs> Kenya seems to have a very rich history. You know, is there a particular historical fact that would surprise most people? Maybe I can use the archaeological um, uh, fact because um, Kenya is a, is a cradle of humankind. The oldest full human body skeleton was discovered in Kenya in 1984 in a place called Lake Turkana. And this, you know, confirms that sometime... Man used to roam around, you know, Kenya. 
So that is the origin. Otherwise, why hasn't this been found in other parts of the world? <laughs> so at our core, we're all Kenyans. We're all Kenyans. <laughs> we are all Kenyans. We just, you know, migrated to other parts of the world. So you need to come back home to Kenya. Visit Kenya and come back home. I would never say no to that. <laughs> so as we close, uh, Jacinta, in, in your words, what do you want people to know about Kenya? I want people to know that we have a positive story from Kenya. We have innovations. We innovated mobile money for the world. We are the first to innovate it and then others followed. We have people in Kenya who can make who can bring changes to 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 to, to their country. But that story needs to be to be told. The world needs to look at Kenya differently and look at the positive um, aspects of, of, of the country. We, we are a country that is, is, is actually the, 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 has the, some of the happiest people. We have gone through challenges. If you look at the history of the eastern part of the country, we have been an island of peace and progress and, and, and success and development in an environment where most other countries did not, you know, get that far. So there's something really, really special about that country called Kenya. And for the Americans, the current sitting U.S. president, of, of the, of, um, uh, President Barack Obama, his roots are in Kenya. His father's grave is in Kenya. So there's something that uh, a Kenyan can offer in terms of, you know, foresight and leadership. So come back home and see where these great people come from. Yazinta Zayoka, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. We recently had a chance to meet representatives from several Caribbean nations to obtain their country's story. Although most Caribbean countries are surrounded by pristine waters and boast amazing landscapes, there's much more to those nations that inspire exploration. Enjoy this roundup of the Caribbean and discover where you may want to visit next. On this visit, I'm going to go to all of the Caribbean islands that are represented here and give you a flavor of what you could expect, things you didn't know perhaps about particular islands, and just some of the, the treasures that you'll find when you go to places like St. Vincent and the Grenadines or Trinidad and Tobago or Barbados. So my first stop on this journey will be the island of Barbados. It's an island that actually we just flew through on our way to St. Vincent and the Grenadines, so we'll have to change that. And I want to introduce you to uh, a wonderful person, I think a fellow um, Brit, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and she'll tell you some wonderful things about this island that you may not know about. Petra Roach, Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc. So Barbados is a tiny island, 166 square miles. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I think the greatest thing about us is the Barbadian people. We are a combination of British and African 
um, they are a few European, some Indian as well. But the greatest thing about it is the welcome that people receive. It's about four and a half hours away flying with um, JetBlue or Delta out of New York. We've got access from Miami with American Airlines. We've got um, US Airways with out of Charlotte, and we've got Delta out of Atlanta as well. The island, as I said before, is 166 square miles. It's surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. So you've got a, an island of contrast. So on the one side, you've got the beautiful flat waters of the Caribbean, perfect for swimming, perfect for snorkeling. The beautiful reefs around are very, very protected. Um, but lots of people come to Barbados to actually learn to dive. And on the opposite side, you've got the total contrast with the rough, the rugged, the beautiful Atlantic Ocean, which actually plays home to some amazing surfing competitions. And in October, we're actually going to be doing the um, Global Rally Cross, where we've got people like Ken Block coming to actually just show their prowess. Um, on the amazing track that we've got. And those racing activities are also complemented by, um, we just had the Soul Rally, we had the King of the Hill. So loads and loads of things within um, motorsport. So there are just too many things for me to tell you about that you can do in Barbados. Please come down to Barbados, we'd love to have you. My name is Emily Jesse Menos. I'm the Secretary of State for Tourism and Creative Industries in Haiti. And Haiti is the soul of the Caribbean. That's the most beautiful island, and uh, we have 12 million people living there, and Haiti has everything that people can imagine that they will find in an island. And it has more than that, because Haiti is rich of culture, history. This year we're going to host Cari Festa. Cari Festa is a Caribbean festival of arts that we're having in Haiti for, from August 21st till August 30th. And this year, and Caribesta for all that for all the people that do, do not know what it is, it's a about 15 countries of the Caricom that come together and they show their dance, music, literature, all the cultural part that they have for nine days. So this is why and Haiti is hosting it. This is the first time that they are on the 12th edition, and this is the first time that Haiti will host it. And we're happy to host it, and then we'll be we're expecting at least 3,000 foreigners coming to Haiti to celebrate and party for 12, for 10 days. My name is Candice Niles. I'm the director of tourism for Anguilla, Tranquility Wrapped in Blue. Anguilla is 33 pristine white sand beaches, wonderful eclectic cuisine, a myriad of activities in, on, and away from the water, and 13,000 of the friendliest people that you'll find anywhere in the Caribbean. 13,000. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, Anguilla is wonderful to visit any time of the year, but we especially invite uh, visitors to come down and experience the island during the months of the summer. Because not only do we offer wonderful savings of over 30% on our accommodation offerings, and our restaurants and other services on the island. But we also have our, we also celebrate during the summer, the Anguilla Summer Festival, which is unique in the Caribbean. It's actually a celebration of traditional carnival activities by night, but during the day, we celebrate our national sport, which is boat racing. So, if you need any reason to visit, we've just given you a great one. Come on down to Anguilla. 
and find your shade of blue. Thank you. Thank you, Candice. My name is Jeanne Rogers Vanterpool. I'm the Commissioner of Tourism for French St. Martin. Tell us a little bit about St. Martin. Well, I, I you know, in, in any case, St. Martin is special because it's the only island of 37 square miles, so, 37 square miles, which is um, separated between two governments, French and Dutch. So there's a symbolic air, I mean, uh, frontiers and, and two different governments. We have two different carnivals, even two Mother's Day. So, you know, and it's one people. Um, it is curious and exciting because um, we, we have different nationalities, but yet we do the same. <laughs> we have the same families on both sides of the island. We eat the same. So, And St. Martin, um, it's so diverse. Um, there's America way of life. There's also the European way of life. It's also very French. Um, we have Creole cuisine or local cuisine, Caribbean cuisine, but also fusion with um, European cuisine, with French cuisine. So that, that makes the difference as well. Um, on the French side, we're very culturally oriented. We have a lot of villages, um, fets, where we go, like, there's an area called Freetown, and that's the area where the first slaves were being freed. And when they got there, you know, they were, you know, free, so they started cooking and whatever. So we go to Freetown um, every, like, every month where there's a cookout. Local people are there, tourists are there, and we share the local, you know, even back in the time cuisine, they cook on rocks and, you know, that traditional sort of thing. So, you know, the dances are, are, are very cultural. Um, in St. Martin, you'll find the Panam dance, which is local to St. Martin. The local drink is guava berry. It only grows once per year. It's in the mountain, a little berry. You can't drink too much of it because, you know, you can get drunk at times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we cherish those, those, those things. And at Christmas, it's very special because we still bake the old-fashioned way, you know, the tarts and the pudding and the, that kind of stuff. So... And what do you appreciate most about St. Martin from a, from a personal perspective? What do you love most about the island? Well, I said it, it's a diversity. You know, I couldn't live anywhere else because um, St. Martin, it's, it's small. It is 37 square miles, but you feel like you're living on a big, big country because there's so many things to do. Um, there's a lot of nightlife. There's, you know, so many different people from different cultures. I like to think that it's cosmopolite. It's, you know, you can mix so many things, eat so many things, do so many things. It's really different. It's like being in the Caribbean, but still being a part of Europe. So, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone finds their, their space in St. Martin. Thank you. You're most welcome, my dear. I'm Honorable Lorne Theophilus, Minister of Tourism, Heritage and Creative Industries for the beautiful island of St. Lucia. St. Lucia as a territory has been known for decades almost as being the most beautiful and romantic place on earth. But we believe that there's so much more to experience in St. Lucia, so we have moved away from this to have a marketing experience which surrounds elevated experiences, where we invite people to lift up their senses so that you can enjoy or we think that all of your senses can be satisfied through a visit to our island. Your sense of the freedom that you enjoy in terms of the enjoying the lush beauty and serenity of our beaches. What you can enjoy in terms of the, the, the soft adventure and the other culinary and cultural delights that you can enjoy within our country. We believe that St. Lucia offers packages 
that enable visitors not just to have another vacation in our island, but have an experience that is truly, truly and uniquely solution. Do you have any, um, are there any cultural um, that, that really set you apart and distinguished St. Saint, Saint Lucia? In terms of our natural beauty, you would know about the iconic pitons, the sulfur springs, and the many other historic sites that we have in St. Lucia. But beyond that, I mean, our cultural experiences stem from carnival, which is ongoing as we speak, where we have a month of activities leading to our own carnival activities. The Jazz and Arts Festival, which is now a unique cultural experience whereby we infuse the culture of St. Lucia into what is now, what has been an internationally recognized festival of song and music. We also have a Creole month of activities, ending in Creole Day, a day when we do all things Creole, from the traditional forms of dress to all of the traditional forms of cooking. And we speak only the Creole language, hopefully during that time, which is our native tongue, Creole. Then we have our National Day activities, which go on to the day when we were supposedly discovered by Christopher Columbus. But around that time, we go through a range of activities surrounding our discovery. We have our cultural festivals. We have to do with our flower festivals, the La Rose and the La Marguerite, which are two flowers uh, that are in some form of rivalry within our island, traditionally, in terms of determining what are the most beautiful flowers in the island. And these festivals are at the end of, end of August and in October, respectively. So there's a hive of activity that we have within the island that people can come in to enjoy. You can come to St. Lucia and enjoy um, experiences that surround purely the heritage tours of St. Lucia. So you are taken through the places which are, which are significant enough in terms of the development of our history and touch on the various cultural icons who have been of significance in terms of shaping St. Lucia into what it is. So as Minister of Tourism of this beautiful island, what do you appreciate most? What do you love about St. Lucia? I can tell you, beyond our beauty, the unique culture of St. Lucia, Lucia has created a unique people. And the people of St. Lucia, what people speak about most, beyond the beauty, it is the welcome that they get, the treatment that they get from the St. Lucian people. And this is what creates an experience that lives on in the minds of people, because beauty cannot subsist on its own. That beauty has to be coupled with a unique culture and the warmth of the people, which makes it all a wonderful and unique St. Lucian experience, which, as we say, elevates your every sense. Thank you. You're very welcome. My name is Greg Phillip, and I'm the CEO of the Nevis Tourism Authority. What do you want people to know about Nevis, Greg? Well, Nevis is really a place that I think that it's important for people to understand that it's not for everyone. It's a special place for people looking for that special something. It's about understanding that when you get to Nevis, that it's going to be the absolute most intimate vacation you have ever been on. You're only a stranger there once. That's the saying on the island. So you get there and you know that you're really on vacation. And when you've left, you know that you've been on vacation. And not only that, you have a special place now because you actually have friends there. Because people will remember you and you remember people. That is, that is Nevis. It's a genuine, lovely place where people really care about people. In addition to that, you'll also see that when you get to Nevis, that it's, there's, there's a way that we do certain things when it, as it relates to tourism, in the sense that we do not have fast food restaurants, for example. And that's by design. You'll also recognize that we're still very natural looking. 
and we're very natural looking because there's very there's some very good restrictions that prevent construction in certain ways. For example, our building codes prevent any house, any building, any structure on the island from being taller than a coconut tree. There's also no building allowed above a thousand, the thousand foot contour on our mountain because we have to remain natural and inviting for people who are looking for that special somewhere in the Caribbean. It's things like that and the warmth and genuine nature of the people of Nevis why publications like USA Today, like Caribbean Journal, consistently say that Nevis is among the most romantic islands in the Caribbean because we do things in a special way and when people come there, especially for romance they recognize, yeah, I'm in that special place with my special someone and I, yes, and I can enjoy it, I can, I can really see that this brings us a bit closer together, it's that sort of special place. So talking about the, the people yes. on the island, what is their history who are the people of Nevis? Well, the people in Nevis are, are people who are welcoming it's the people who understand what we do with tourism and so people who know and understand how to treat people when they travel to our island how to make them feel welcome that's us we are we are people our heritage is really african you know we're we're people who are descendants from africans and we're also people who love and embrace our island and the way we the way we treat people when they're there the way the way we interact with them the way we share our culture is also part of that. And our culture and heritage is really shaped by that. Not only our African heritage, but I like to think that our culture and why we are the way we are is really also shaped by the size of our island. We're just 36 square miles with about 12,000 people. So we are neighborly. We are the way we are because of those things and because of our history. And what and where we have come from. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yolen Ben Horsford, Minister of Tourism in Grenada. So you're talking to the right person. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to be talking with you. What are some special things about Grenada? Well, you know, we have just branded Grenada again, pure Grenada, the spice of the Caribbean. We have a lot of spices in Grenada. And Grenada is unspoiled. It's simple, it's beautiful, it's, it's authentic in its nature. It's, um, the people are friendly, the food, or the cuisine, the mountains, the waterfalls, the lakes. We now have an on-the-sea park. And it's, it's, it's such a great and beautiful terrain, the rainforest. And now we have festi- We have a lot of festivals. We have a chocolate festival. We have the maroon festival. Grenada is referred to, an, um, especially the Sicile Caracu, as the cradle of culture. So you have culture from the beginning to the end. You're born into culture and you die in culture. <laughs> I tell you that and I tell you all. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's, it's all rounded in its beauty. It's very simple. It's leisure. You know, you can come there to write a book. You can come to romance. You can find romance as well. With, you can find partners. A lot of people told me 
Yul and I love Grenada because my partner came from Grenada. <laughs> and these are tourists you're talking about. <laughs> it's not just the sea and sand. It's about the culture. It's about its historical features. It's about the beautiful personality of the people. They're always friendly, the school children. They would bow and say good morning, good evening. And, you know, you don't find that in other islands, you know. So it's, it's the culture, the history, the historical features, the people, the cuisine, the environment. And it's warm and sunny. And the scuba diving for me. Scuba diving. Oh, that, a lot of that. We have some very beautiful areas for scuba diving. And we have now we have some new trekking trails that we have developed because we have people who are interested in trekking. And so we have done all of that. So it's a whole holistic thinking when you come to Grenada. Thank you. Hi, I'm Shalian Digazo representing Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago, if I have to use one word to describe us, is diverse cosmopolitan society. We're the southernmost island in the Caribbean, and we offer two unique islands, two unique experiences. Trinidad and Tobago is full of flora and fauna. We have 350 species of birds. We have lots of flora, lots of fauna, and filled with energy energy of the people. We're a multicultural, multi-ethnic society. We have all races. We embrace all religion, all cultures. Um, we're pretty much known for the entertainment capital of the Caribbean. We're known for our carnival. It has been coined the greatest show on earth. We also uh, gave the world steel pan, which is the only acoustic instrument that was built uh, or invented in the 21st century. Um, the steel pan is also our national instrument. We give the world soca. Um, you may or may not know Marshall Montano. Um, music is a big part of who we are. Our food is pretty much... Um, uh, our food speaks about who we are because of our different ethnicities. Um, you can pretty much experience... There's something for everyone in Trinidad and Tobago. If you're into eco-soft adventure, our national bird is Scarlet Ibis. Uh, turtle season starts from April to, April to August in Trinidad, the leatherback turtles. Uh, Tobago is your typical Caribbean island. Sun, sea, and sand pristine, full of culture, full of heritage. We have the oldest uh, rainforest in the Western Hemisphere. Um, we are very uh, conscious of the environment. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago um, is sustainable as it relates to the environment. We treat our environment with a lot of care. Um, and if you really want to have an authentic experience where you can mix and mingle with the locals, Trinidad and Tobago is where you want to be. It's two unique islands, two unique experiences. Um, it's pretty accessible from North America. Uh, we have JetBlue Airlines that flies out of JFK and Fort Lauderdale. We have our national carrier, Caribbean Airlines, that fly out of JFK and Miami. So there's a lot of accessibility that you can get to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, the two islands you can get from Trinidad to Tobago, it's 24 minutes on a plane ride. Or you can also take the ferry, which is two hours. Thank you. You're welcome.
back to World Footprints. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. Let's continue our roundup of the Caribbean with the United States Virgin Islands. I am Luana Wheatley uh, with the U.S. Virgin Islands. Welcome. Uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the islands, which are St. Thomas, St. John, St. Croix, and probably the, little, the littlest known of the, of the islands, which is Water Islands. Primarily residential, but it is in the harbor of Charlotte Amalia. It's great. Um, uh, it has a wonderful beach called Honeymoon Beach and a great little bars, little uh, shacks on it. But it's uh, you you get to the island by ferry. You rent a little uh, golf cart, and it takes you. You can take the golf cart right to the beach. So it's a very cute, quaint little uh, vacation. Um, you know, like I said, the main islands are St. Thomas, which probably most everybody knows, the cosmopolitan one, the old jazzy, snappy uh, sister. And then there's St. John, the little more homely, you know, uh, of the islands, but beautiful, very nature, um, full of uh, um, lots of forests and greenery. And then there's St. Croix, the largest of our Virgin Islands. It is... Uh, Best known uh, for its two historic towns, Christiansted and Frederickstead. It's one, it's one island that's completely surrounded by the Caribbean Sea, as well as it is the home of Tim Duncan, basketball star for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, it is also home to one of the only two underwater national monuments in the United States, which is Buck Island. So really, I'm encouraging everybody to, to come down there. There are direct flights to St. Thomas for most of the major cities on the eastern seaboard. From uh, To St. Croix, there's a Delta direct flight out of Atlanta and uh, Miami. Out of Miami, there's a, a direct American Airlines flight. So no passport is required, which is probably a very important point as well. And so we, we, we have some fabulous promotions currently running now. So if you go to our website, visit usbi.com, you can learn a little bit more about the islands, what there is to do and see, and what kind of promotions we're offering right now. Thank you. My name is Glenn Beach. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Tourism Authority. So obviously I'm representing the country of St. Vincent and the Grenadines here. Uh, we're just here to let people know what's going on in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, what's unique about the destination. We're 32 islands and keys. Uh, we're constructing our first international airport, and that should be finished by the end of, of this year. So we're also here to meet with the airlines and make sure we cement those direct flights into St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Of course, New York is one of the main, the main, the main source markets that we, we, need, to, we need to consider. Um, we're working on a contract right now with a Canadian company to develop three new hotels in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, name brand hotels. Um, each of them will have 200 rooms. One will be a three-star, a four-star, and a six-star. On top of that, they will have um, a brand new 18-hole golf course. And then they will also be building um, 200 bungalows that will have between three and five bedrooms. The, the people who populated the island, who formed the island, and, and, the, islands, and yeah. the you know the islands and, and the culture. Talk about the. No, well, Vincentians were a population of approximately 104,000 people. As a matter of fact, I think we're one of the few countries in the world where the population is on the decline. Um, we used to be 110,000. We're down to about 100 and approximately 104,000. Um, very kind people, very generous. Um, 
open up their arms to everybody who visits and, and, and their own. Um, you know, but St. Vincent and the Grenadines is very much a laid-back Caribbean country. Um, the tagline states St. Vincent and the Grenadines the Caribbean you're looking for. And basically what that means is it's the Caribbean as it was 40, 50 years ago. Um, when you say the word Caribbean, a certain image comes to mind, and I think that's what St. Vincent and the Grenadines is. The, the tallest building is five stories, and we won't allow them to go any higher. So it's very unique in terms of what it has to offer from whence we, from whence we came, and and um, you know we're one of the later ones on the scene in terms of tourism. But I think that works to our benefit as to not to make the same mistakes that some of the others have made. And we're really not that interested in mass tourism. Um, we want to control our tourism product, and our ideal situation will be to have a will be to have a waiting list for people wanting to come into St. Vincent and the Grenadines. It's that unique. Why St. Vincent and the Grenadines? I mean, what sets the islands apart? The diversity of it. No other Caribbean country has the diversity of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And I think part of the reason for that is because it's a multi-island destination. But I mean, the, the sailing and yachting, which is our number one niche, no better sailing waters in the Caribbean. And one of the things that has hindered our development in terms of that is because of the access. You always had to take more than one plane to get there. With the coming on stream of the International Airport, that will obviously change. Um, we're the only Caribbean country I know that has both types of diving. In terms of, and, and that has hindered our diving process also because divers like to travel with their equipment. Having to take more than one flight, it hinders what equipment they can bring. So we have, um, for example, on the mainland, St. Vincent, because it's a volcanic island, you have the cliff diving and the small critters. Then you go down to the Grenadines and you have the coral diving, you know, the dolphins, turtles, sharks, all those sort of things. So it makes us unique. Romance, um, three island resorts, which is great for people who really want to get away and enjoy themselves without having to worry about certain things. So the diversity of it is what makes it unique. No other Caribbean country comes close to it. Thank you, Glenn. You're welcome. My name is Onika Simons-Rigby. I am the marketing executive based in Turks and Caicos, and I'm here enjoying CTO Caribbean Week. Turks and Caicos is a multi-island destination. I think that is one of our strongest suits. So we encourage people to visit the other islands. When you come to Providenciales, which is the number one island in the world, we were just voted number one island in the world by TripAdvisor, the experience doesn't end there. Because we're a multi-island destination, you can get, you can visit, maybe go for a single-day excursion over to one of the other islands to do an eco-type adventure, a more laid-back, or if you're into something more exciting, uh, maybe historical tours of uh, plantation ruins, you can do that. Maybe cave exploration. Middle Caicos actually has the third largest cave network in the Western Hemisphere. This is Interx and Caicos. So this is what we, we try to put on display for everyone. Uh, another thing, Turks and Caicos, the people of Turks and Caicos really make the destination unique. It is not about just the sun, sand, and sea. It is about the experience, the authentic Turks and Caicos experience. Our food, our music, our loving people. Thank you. My name is Shirley Nibs and I'm with the Ministry of Tourism in Antigua and Barbuda. We are a unique twin island destination, and we're known for our beaches. We have 365 beaches, and the sand in Barbuda, they are pink 
sand, beaches. So if you want a whole beach experience, whether it's lazing on the beach or having activities on the beach, whether it's um, kite surfing or being active water sports, Antigua is the place to do that. But the beach is only the beginning because there are a lot more experiences that you can have on the island. We are also known for our hospitality and our cuisine. In addition, we have our historical Nelson's Dockyard, which is the oldest naval facility in the Western Hemisphere. We just recently concluded our sailing week, which, you know, it's a yachtsman's haven. Besides the sailing, there is rhythms and music and rum and fun in the sun. So if you're looking for that sort of experience, Antigua and Barbuda is the place to be. Thank you. You're welcome. Bonjour. So I'm Geraldine from the Martinique Promotion Bureau. So if you don't know Martinique, Martinique is a beautiful island in the, located in the Caribbean. It's a French island with a French heritage, but also, and of course, a Caribbean island with the flavor, the spices, and all the influences from Africa and for India also. So Martinique is well known for this Rome, because it's a Rome capital of the world. This food, the food is just absolutely delicious, thanks to this culture, which is really different and really mixed. And uh, if I can say, Martinique is just not just the beautiful landscape and not just a beautiful beach. We have a strong culture and a strong heritage. We are proud to, to share with people and with the tourists. So if you want to experience something different compared to the other island in the Caribbean, so we are, we are really pleased to welcome you in Martinique. And uh, don't forget, Martinique c'est magnifique. Merci. My name is Robert Tong. I'm the Minister of Tourism in the beautiful island of Dominica in the Caribbean situated between the two French islands of Dominica, oh sorry, the two French islands of Martinique and Guadeloupe. That in itself makes us kind of unique on the basis that um, we were fought fought for frequently between um, the English and the French. At some point we were French, the other point we were English, so eventually we remained um, English. Um, So as a result of that, we actually have a second language, which is um, Creole, which is spoken in, in, in Dominica. So we speak English and Creole, which is a, br- a broken, broken French. But Dominica is a beautiful, natural island. An island filled with beautiful green mountains, beautiful valleys, lots of rivers. 365 rivers, a river for every day of the year. Um, obviously, amazing waterfalls as a result of that. A beautiful, what I, call, what I call silver sand beaches as opposed to black sand beaches. We also have beautiful other um, brown sand um, beaches. Um, amazing food, beautiful people, friendly people, which is very important. That because when, when someone comes to a country, they want to feel welcome. They want to feel like family. And this is what Dominica is um, is all about. We have amazing hiking. We have the um, White Kabuli Trail, 21 sectors, which takes you 14 days to do it. It allows you to go through all the various communities, so that way the communities also benefit from tourism, which is also important to us in, in, in Dominica. Amazing! Some of the most breathtaking dive sites in the in the world, I would dare to say. Whilst you're doing that, I'm sure that you may even be able to see whales and dolphins. So Dominica is a place that's beautiful and filled with so many natural attractions that it would take you at least a week to see all of it. So, Minister, what do you love most about Dominica? And what do you do when you're on the island for entertainment? What do I love most about Dominica? I love the friendly people. I love our beautiful, clean rivers. So after a week of hard work and it's extremely hot, you go to the river with a nice bottle of rum punch. You sit back with your feet in the water. 
you relax, you drink it. That's one of the beautiful things. Also, after a hard day, we also have, um, it's called screws, or we, it's, it's called a natural hot water springs, where you can actually go in there, swim in it, and have a hot water with all the sulfur and um, sediment in it to, to heal your, your aching body, you know? So it's really amazing. So these are the things that I like. We also have the World Creole Music Festival in um, October, which is um, Creole music, and it's surrounded by a lot of food. So in Dominica, we love good natural foods. We also have our jazz festival in uh, May, and we also have our carnival in February, which is a very spontaneous carnival whereby if you come down to Dominica, you can just jump in the band and have fun like everybody else. So these are some of the amazing things of Dominica. So we look forward to persons coming to explore, to explore uh, as we say, to discover your inner explorer in Dominica. Thank you. You're most welcome. My pleasure. Well, my name is Fernando Abreu. I am the deputy director of the Caribbean Tourism Organization uh, based in New York. Mucho gusto. Mucho gusto. Tell us about Caribbean Travel Week and the organization itself. Why does the organization exist and what is Travel Week meant to do? Okay, well, uh, the city or the Caribbean Tourism Organization is an institution that was established over uh, 50 years ago uh, by the governments of the Caribbean. The idea was to uh, establish an entity that will promote uh, the Caribbean tourism product collectively, that will pro uh, promote the, uh, the Caribbean brand as opposed to the individual destinations. So, the Caribbean Week, we are celebrating now our 40, this is our 42nd Caribbean Week, our 42nd year. And uh, Caribbean Week is a celebration of the sites, the colors, the um, uh, attributes of the Caribbean. Now, Fernando, are, are any elements of this week-long conference open to the public, the traveling public? Uh, yes. We had an event last night that is called the Caribbean Romance Pavilion. And it is a, a showcase of the Caribbean as a honeymoon and a wedding destination. We had um, over 300 couples that are engaged to get married, and we invited to come and experience a little bit of what the Caribbean has to offer and to learn about the different opportunities that they have in the various destinations to go there and get married there or to go on, on their honeymoon to the region. We have another event that is a wonderful event uh, that is going to transport you to the Caribbean in a way. It's called the Roman Rhythm Celebration. It's the Roman Rhythm Benefit, and, uh, which is a benefit for the City of Foundation, like it's with a silent auction. This event is a showcase of award-winning rums of the Caribbean, where, we, where, where uh, samples of the rums and cocktails are distributed to the guests. Uh, there are celebrity chefs from the region that are doing cooking demonstrations, and, and, and they prepare the, you know, the the fisher uh, dish and serve it to the to the guest. There's, there are folkloric presentations, so it's a very nice uh, environment to uh, you know to learn about the region and to taste a little bit of of, of the of the Caribbean. Sounds like my kind of event. Gracias, uh, Fernando. Okay, a su orden siempre. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for today's World Footprints Radio Show. All of our shows are archived on our website, so if you've missed a show, visit us at worldfootprints.com. 
You can also find us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, and others. If you want to follow us on our travels, join us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other social networks at World Footprint. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we wish you blue skies and invite you to listen, learn, explore, and be inspired every Tuesday and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and on demand. This has been a presentation of World Footprints Media, all rights reserved.